Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. In this episode of the Celtic Way podcast, Scott Jenkins has a conversation with spiritual director and nature enthusiast, Diane Bryant. Diane, I'm just privileged to have you with us today. And since I am still discovering who you are and what you're about, I know our listeners know even less. So let's begin at a place I think will be helpful to everyone. Let's just give us a sense of who you are, what personal background you're comfortable sharing and relationship, pets, hobbies, interests, whatever it is. Well, let me say that I'm in privilege as well to just be able to share this time with you. I am looking forward to that. So a little bit about me. Well, I think I would start with the fact that I, at heart, am a farm girl. I was raised on a farm, a very small farm, but yet a very working farm in northern Wisconsin. My family was 100% Italian, so it was a farming family, 100% Italian, and all of my relatives, the majority of them lived within a square mile of our farm, and they were farmers too, of course. And so we could run across the back 40 and connect with my cousins on one side of the family and run across the other back 40 and connect with my cousins on the other side. So very, very close-knit Italian family. And so... That may say to you, and, and for many of you who might expect that, that meant that my family was very Catholic. So as much as we were Italian, we were Catholic as well. Wow. And that kind of defined how we were. And so the small town that we lived outside of had a city church for the city Catholics, and then it had the country church for the country Catholics. The really? Yes, yes. Until the time came when they joined together. So that highly influenced my my childhood. And I would say my childhood was maybe idyllic, but you know, I can't forget the pieces like pulling mustard in the fields or picking rocks mm. or hoeing in the garden or all those things that I really hated. But <laughs> for the big piece of of it, it, it truly was idyllic. We were a close-knit family and I love that. So mm. very much influenced by that. We had the farm dogs and the cows and the chickens and all those things that just made life sweet. My family now, my husband and I have just two children, and they're both obviously adults. And they have given us the privilege of having nine grandchildren. Oh, wonderful. You know, if, if you aren't a grandparent and someday you may be or whatever that looks like in your life, I have to say being a grandparent is one of the great joys of having children is that you get to grandparents. <laughs> it's a whole new world. Without the strings attached, that's what I love about grandparenting. And so, and and you're kind of loved just because you are, not because of all those other things, but because you're just Nana and Papa. That's what we are, Nana and Papa. So how wonderful is that? And it is truly very wonderful. I am an outdoor person, always have been. I think that's a piece of my heart from the farm and my Italian upbringing as well. We were very much tied to the earth. So outdoors, I, I can't say that I'm a master gardener by any means, but I love to play in the dirt. And so I do that. I do that with vegetables and flowers and and just, I love mowing the lawn. I, I, I just love being outside. And I'm a push lawn mower, by the way, not a rider. So uh, just because 
that's the right way to do it in my mind. So there we go. I'm a walker, a hiker, and I'm an avid reader. So I'll read just about anything. You put something in front of me and I'll read it. I love, love to read. And so I have stacks of books that are in various stages of completion. I enjoy writing a little bit. I have boxes, Scott, of journals in my closet for posterity. I don't know. I, I may put a big sign in them that says, when I die, maybe you should just get rid of these. But anyway, I've started to dabble a little in poetry forms. So we'll see where that goes. So those are some of the things that I most enjoy in, in life. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. The nature of your work is something that is very important to you that our listeners know nothing about. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear a nice sketch about what you all do and mm -hmm. want to hear why it's also very important to you personally. And of course, how did you ever get involved in this? So let's go there. Yeah. This is going to be right. interesting. The first thing I'll start with is age 10, my youngest brother was born. And as the only girl in a family of three brothers, I got the responsibility of taking care of him at age 10. Well, my mother did all the other stuff to maintain a farm household. And I remember at 10 that I said in my mind that I was going to become a nurse. And there was nothing that deviated me from becoming a nurse. I didn't think of any other occupation. Although my brothers always tease me that, you know, you should have become a teacher because you would have had summers off. But, you know, aside from that, I started and I did. That was my, my journey through my college years. I became a nurse and loved being a nurse. I didn't set out to have a career. I set out to do what I really believe God had called me to do as a nurse. And that was to show or be the visible Jesus to those that I cared for. So that aspect of nursing has influenced, you know, all of my years. In fact, I still have my license, but you know, I, I, it's just there because I can't quite let go of what that meant, but that really defined me for years. But in that, God, I would say, uh, and it's kind of a, a catchphrase right now, the slow movement of God in my life. Being raised Catholic, I had a great knowledge of God as Father. Not so much more of God in Jesus and God as the Holy Spirit, although the Catholic Church taught about that, mm -hmm. but never the sense of what does the Holy Spirit and Jesus mean in my life, but very much a connection with God the Father. And I was one of those kids that the school wasn't my favorite place to be. And so I would wander into the woods often, often, often to just sit under the tree and be with God, the Father, and, and knew that I was loved by Him. By the time I went to college, um, I had an experience of the summer before I went to college. That was when the Jesus movement and the charismatic interruption occurred in the Catholic and Lutheran church at that time. And for those of us who aren't around back then, it, it really was a movement of the Holy Spirit that really brought new breath and new life into aspects of the Catholic church as well as the Lutheran church. And I was invited to a Bible study, which I'd never gone to before by a Lutheran friend that summer before college and um, came face to face with this Jesus and, and, who is this Jesus? And and through that, who is the Holy Spirit? And really had a um, entry into beginning to discover the slow movement of God in my life through the triune God, through the Trinity. But in that slow movement of God through those years, Scott, I had many influences that developed my faith story, my faith journey. 
you know, beginning with Catholicism, those couple of years of the charismatic movement. And then in college, during the time of the Jesus movement, you know, Keith Green and his songs and that that raw energy and, and devotion. And then moving into, you know, um, Rich Mullins and, and his wild heart and the way he, he spoke what was true in his songs. And um, Brennan Manning having a huge influence on me at that time. So a slow movement of God to open my life into some of the contemplative movements of the many mystics and ancients of the faith, as well as contemporaries. Richard Foster, um, there was a place that I started um, reading all of his writings. And from him, moved into um, a connection with Northumbria community off the coast of um, Scotland. And that really um, opened my eyes to the much broader picture of what I'd always felt in my heart, my connection to God in creation, God the Father, God the Creator, but then seeing that revealed through the Holy Spirit and Jesus. So that influenced and, and an evangelical influence as well, which definitely influenced me. And I've, I've discovered, honestly, the reality of some of the unlearning I've had to do in more recent years to continue to come to know on a much deeper level. This God, as he has revealed himself, gender aside, but through the triune God and how, how amazing that has been. So that journey, that slow movement, I, I practiced nursing in many forms up until, you know, a few years ago when I kind of ended full-time work. So I've done many aspects of nursing. In all of them, it's always been my goal to, um, my heart to, to be Jesus. And recognizing that, that whole bigger perspective of seeking um, what is it, God, that you are making of this opportunity of me being in life right now? And what is it that you continue to shape and form me to be about? So I took a, a two-year course in spiritual direction through Christosan, and that two years changed my life. That was I, I just completed that this this early spring. And the thing is, Scott, I entered that because I had been drawn to it, and and many people affirmed that you know this is this seems to be a good fit for you. But I entered it saying, well, it's it's a two-year course. I'm going to do it, and I'll just go through it like you know a student doing what you have to do. However, that's not God's way. And um, I was astounded over and over and over again. Of, this really isn't about what I thought this was supposed to be about. That I'm just, you know, setting my eyes on completing the task. This was about, about a profound, deep awakening of the expansiveness of this God. So um, brought me to this this tremendous awareness of the expansiveness, the spaciousness of, of this God who doesn't fit the forms of all those influences in my life that kind of shape God in one way when he's infinitely more than that. And so it's brought me to now where that's my heart's desire is to enter in, in people's lives in whatever way God puts that in front of me um, through spiritual direction or through you know soul care spiritual formation, call it what you will, but enlarging together with God and the Spirit, the awareness of who this God is, and encouraging individuals to seek this desire to know this God in a, in a 
infinitely broader way than whatever designs they've had of God before. What is it now that you've settled into this enormous expansiveness about God? I imagine that you feel in your spiritual journey today much different than you did years and years ago. Can you identify some of that freedom, yeah. that, feel those yeah. feelings? That's where, Scott, I think of the influence and the awareness of Celtic spirituality, and that that's really given me a place to land. And not strictly just Celtic spirituality, but what I love about Celtic spirituality, and, and I like to think that it, it's a piece of my Italian heritage as well, even though we're not neighboring countries, that some of the similarity of the land and the earth, fire, air, water, those are some of those concepts in, in Celtic spirituality that are so important. But where I am now is is so much sensing um, and realizing, and I would call myself a contemplative, contemplative in the resistance to the dominant paradigms and status quo around me, and that I choose the way of being in the world that more is informed by spaciousness, by compassion, by uh, slowness, by um, savoring, and the radical hospitality that says, I need to welcome all, all that God has made, all that the way he reveals himself and herself, if you choose to remove that gender definition, how God chooses to reveal through what he's created and through through humans. So contemplative of, of stepping outside of that those paradigms that have shaped me before and being informed by much more of the wildness and the freedom and the simplicity of where the spirit brings us. And that's so much to me of the Celtic spirituality as well. And that is what has changed in me, I think, of the, it's got that sense, that, that awareness of entering in every moment of God present and sensing that, using my senses much more broadly than just my rational, logical thinking, which is so prevalent in Western culture, and grasping that the bigger perspective of, of sensing the work of God among us through our senses in a deeper way, seeing beyond what we, we see with just our, our eyes every day, and opening myself to not just stepping into life every day, same old, same old, but being willing to look for that which is good, that which is beautiful, that which we can only sense deeply, but not always have to give words and expression to before we can believe it to be true, if that makes sense. It does, totally. And really, now you and I can both appreciate in our own lived experience the very nature of the early, the beginnings of the early Celtic Christian movement, to really begin to trust a person's lived experience with mm -hmm. the Spirit, and then reflect on our experience through the sacred text, through community of people who are faithful, and I love all this stuff that you're saying because it really does lead us out of our own small worlds, yeah. you know? So yeah. no matter who we are, how much money we have or don't have, how big or how little our house is, hospitality is something that takes place in our heart to everybody, right? Yeah. And exactly. then it happens that we can concretely share a room with somebody or some bread with somebody, that's great, but it's such an inner transformative experience, I think. 
Yeah. You know, one of the other definitions, if you will, all of us have an idea of what monks are in the world, you know, or have been in the world. But really, that context of being a monk in today's world maybe means um, some of the idea of being attentive to the sacred dimension of every object and every activity that we're about. So connecting our inner being to our outer and and seeing that sacredness in, in all of that, in our interconnection to all of what is and the depth of that and how that enlarges who we are. It's so, so rich for all of us, but so needed and necessary right now with all the ecological reports that are coming mm-hmm. in and frankly, scaring the heck out of a lot of people that I work with. They're like, what are we going to do about our kids, our grandkids? And this has to become part of our spiritual journey it has to be just become our about our very lives, you know? Yeah, yeah. You I, talked that you like to read. And you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about being a monk in the world. So that reminded mm-hmm. me of a favorite author of mine. If not my favorite Celtic author is Christine Walters Paintner. She's wonderful. She is. And um, do you have other authors, Celtic mm-hmm. authors that have influenced you? Christine, besides her poetry and her writing, she also has her community of Abbey of the Arts, which is a tremendous community to be a part of and offers so many inroads. Yeah. aspects of, of Celtic spirituality. So that's something to consider. Through, um, I mentioned earlier, Northumbria community, and, and they have resources as well, but one of the best ones that got me way back, many years back, was just their, their book that they still have available called The, the Celtic Daily Prayer. Mm-hmm. A tremendous beginning and ongoing um, book that aligns you to some of the, the Celtic saints that so much spoke the way of Celtic spirituality, but also to the meditations of the day, to the complines, they're all in the book, various um, prayers. It's just an excellent beginning tool if you're seeking um, to begin to delve into Celtic spirituality. I also love, 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 and I don't use that word lightly, but the writings of John O'Donohue, He's written many. He's no longer alive. He died way too soon. But many of his books, um, right now I'm, I'm focusing on one called Four Elements, where he really delves deeply into those four elements of earth, air, water, and fire, and how they influence who we are mm-hmm. <laughs> in our co- interconnection in the world. And then I have a sweet little volume, which is just a, a tiny little book, uh, The Wisdom of St. Patrick, that I deeply enjoy and love. But that one was um, put together by, I don't know, some writer who puts together many of those. But in my early years of my Catholicism as a kid, I loved the lives of the saints. And so many of the saints actually were Celtic saints. And so that was my where my introduction to them very much began and then very much enjoying those. So those are some of the Celtic writers that I very much love. But I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Brennan Manning's writings, um, Henry Nowlin, Mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. delved into yeah, some of that. And C.S. Lewis, and from the perspective of which I so much love, I mean, his writings have tremendous theological depth, but what I really love about Lewis's writings are just his use of imagination and how we can take our imagination into the writings of the Gospels and really let them change us in a way that other writings can't. I think this has been a wonderful and in-depth snapshot of your journey. 
I'm so grateful to, to listen to all this. As I said, I would call it the slow movement of God bringing me to uh, where I am today and to where I'm yet to be. Thank you so much, Diane. What I just appreciate about your sharing so much is the well-roundedness. I'm so taken by when you talk about the life within and how important and transformative it seems to be. And it's not like you've gone away from the routine, the common, the ordinary of your life, but it, you're finding and discovering this wide and deep expansiveness of God throughout your daily chores, your movement, going to the store, interacting with people. I think about when I used to go to church every Sunday, right? That I would think that this is the centerpiece of my Christian journey. Not so much, I think, as the centerpiece is the presence that is, lives within us and how we touch that. And you Man, I'm telling you, you walk that walk in a way that everybody can see. We don't need to go to the mountaintop and wait for the lightning to come and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But in the slow movement of God within, mm -hmm. that is available to each and every mm -hmm. one of us for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's the gift. It's really the gift of Celtic Christianity. Yep. Thank you so much for being with us. You are so welcome. The spacious love of our God. Absolutely. It's there for all of us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Celtic Way podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this show, give a five-star rating, and write a review. Also, become a sustainable donor by going to CelticWay.org. Finally, be sure to like us on Facebook at Celtic Way.